got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling after shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew, doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check You're listening to Brews, Beards and Shipwrecks One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to a special edition of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. I just want to uh, check in with you uh, regarding Hurricane Irma and some of the stuff Royal Ruckus has been up to. It's been quite an adventure. Uh, Hurricane Irma was coming at Florida just a couple weeks ago, and I live in South Florida. Specifically, I live on the Atlantic coast um, in Boynton Beach, Florida. And this is the, uh, I'm well aware of Florida history with hurricanes. This is the second time I've evacuated for a hurricane and the first time that it was actually pretty serious. Um, I evacuated last year for Hurricane Matthew and this year I left obviously for Hurricane Irma. Now Irma was, I was going to just write it out. In fact, I ordered a cell phone battery charger that um, works off of solar power. And I ordered a grill. I didn't have a grill anymore. I had the propane tank, but I didn't have a grill. I fully expected to be sitting here without power, uh, having to charge my cell phone outside if my cell phone would even work, um, and and then having to grill my food, um, you know, with no power because I, I have an electric stove. Anyway, um, with the urging of some friends and them from watching the news, I just thought I needed to get out of here. And I work from my laptop. I do work in sales and marketing with most of my clients being in Florida, but I work in the insurance industry. So I knew the reality was that if a hurricane did hit, that um, sales and marketing would need to take a different form because my clients would be uh, very busy with a lot of things and wouldn't have a whole lot of time to have meetings and that sort of thing. So I, I left and what I did is I sent out an email, some of you may have gotten it, uh, saying, hey, I'm, I'm evacuating and I would, uh, I'm loading up my sound system, I've got my dogs, I've got my music, I've got my merch, um, let's have a good time, I'll play in your living room, and let's just, let's have some fun. Well, it went extraordinarily well. Uh, in fact, the response was overwhelming, and I almost made it a national tour, because I got responses all the way out to Idaho and Washington and California, and I thought, gosh, that, wouldn't that be cool, because... Hurricane Wilma hit in 2005, some of my friends were without power for three and four weeks. And it was, you know, the state, large parts of the state were essentially shut down. Ultimately, it ended up not being as significant of a disaster as we had worried. Now, it was significant. There is going to be a flurry of insurance claims and cleanup and all kinds of stuff over the next couple months and up to probably four or five years there's still going to be ramifications, at least in the insurance industry, for this. Thank God my my power was turned back on earlier this week. So uh, my house was without power for about a week. I'm getting ahead of myself, but 
but that's okay. Um, <laughs> my house was without power for about a week, and so all my food spoiled and all of that. Thankfully, I was out of state, and I had people that could help me take care of things. So I have returned home, and I want to tell you a couple stories. So first of all, when I, I'm, I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to start from, from the return um, on. So I got home today, and things were in pretty good order. My house was cool, the AC was running, my fence was pushed back up, my neighbor's boyfriend actually came over, my, fen my fence got knocked down in my backyard. Apparently it didn't like fall to pieces, but it a huge section of it just fell over. Uh, thankfully, part of the fence had recently been replaced, so the replaced part stood just fine. It was the older section that hadn't been replaced yet that fell over. And my neighbor, with the help of, uh, my neighbor's boyfriend with the help of some people, was able to pick up the fence and then put a couple screws in so it will stay up. Now, it's not going to stay up for long. Uh, it is not a permanent solution. One of my dogs has already gotten out of the fence. So, you know, that's going to need to be replaced. But then in my house, my house didn't stink. My house cleaner had cleaned up. She's a sweet girl. Her name's Martha. Uh, I've, I've just found that in my life as a bachelor, um, I, I just have a cleaner house if I have a house cleaner. I have a very small house, so it's, it's pretty cheap and affordable. And I'm going to pay her a little extra for cleaning out my fridge. Um, and while it was kind of sad to lose a lot of that food, you know, I'm big into paleo stuff and I like organic things. I don't buy 100% organic, but since I eat out and travel so much, I try to eat as clean as possible at home because I know I'm not eating super clean when I'm out and about. And so, you know, there were probably a couple hundred dollars worth of food, grass-fed beef and stuff, that was lost. But... It's okay. Um, so so it's it's cleaned out. Bottom line is it could have been a lot worse. So one of the things that I did is I played a series of shows. I, I don't know. I haven't counted. I I have to. I'll, I'll have to go back through here. So my first show was in uh, Seven Lakes, North Carolina, with my friends the Biancos. Uh, shout out to the Biancos for putting on that show. It was last minute. Uh, they put me up for three or four days, maybe five days, I don't know. They they put me up quite a bit, and they put on a show. Uh, there were maybe only a dozen adults there and about half as many children, and it was a good show. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do an appeal or ask for money there, but I did offer my merchandise, and I offered that 50% of the proceeds would go to IOCC. Now, IOCC is a disaster relief organization. Well, I guess they're more than disaster relief, but they're, they're an international organization that offers uh, charity and relief and things like that to people regardless of their race, creed, uh, or color, any of that stuff. It is specifically an orthodox ministry, which is how I know about it. I actually recently met the founder of IOCC and I actually spent some time with him in his home in Newport Beach. In fact, if you listen to the episode I did with uh, DJ Trey Kell, you actually heard the ocean waves from the roof of uh, Charles's house. So, anyway, one of the reasons I like IOCC is 92 cents on the dollar goes directly to relief for uh, for the people they are serving. So, an astonishingly low eight cents per dollar of your donation um, goes to their overhead, and I think that is absolutely incredible, and it is to be commended, and it is one of the reasons why I support them now and will always support them. As long as they keep up that transparency and that low overhead, they have my support. Uh, I had a couple friends trying to put something together in the Washington, D.C. area. They were not able to, so I went to a bar. 
I explained the situation. I went ahead and played at the bar. I only played a few songs. It was very cool. Uh, my buddy Peter Dimmick came out. Shout out to Peter. Uh, Peter's wife gave birth two days later, and he was going to try to uh, try to put me up, but he wasn't able to because of the closeness of that. I think he probably would have if I didn't have any other options, but, um, but thank God. And my friends, um, the, the pools put me up, and I know Kyle from when I lived in Tennessee. He used to be a barista at a coffee shop I went to a lot, and then he was a bartender at McCreary's Irish Pub. Shout out to McCreary's. Um, anybody who knows me well in person, especially from my Tennessee years, knows how much I freaking love McCreary's. It's kind of fun uh, for, for those of you that are into like the hip-hop thing. Uh, Todd Collins, who used to be one of the owners at Goatee Records, and he produced guys like John Rubin and KJ52, uh, he used to have his office above McCreary's, and I would bump into him a lot, uh, mostly because I was sitting outside having a beer, and he'd be coming downstairs and saying goodbye. Uh, I mean, maybe it was only a handful of times, but I was there all the time, so uh, maybe he was kind of sneaky in and out. Anyway, um, so Kyle and his wife put me up, uh, Nikki, and it was just freaking awesome. Um, Kyle and I stayed up till like freaking three in the morning. Um, drinking moonshine and drinking IPAs, and we just had the best time. Uh, it was so good to talk with him, and he was so supportive and encouraging and just really encouraging uh, this whole thing that I was doing, which was evacuating and then turning the evacuation itself into a little tour to help hurricane uh, disaster relief. Uh, I called it the ev evacuation tour. In fact, if, if you want a sticker... Um, if you make a donation, in, I, I've got a really cool evacuation tour sticker. If you make a donation of any amount to IOCC or, hell, if you make a donation to any reputable um, charity that's doing disaster relief for Hurricane Irma or Hurricane Harvey, um, send me a copy of that receipt and I will mail you out a free sticker. I don't know if you don't have the CD yet or something you want at all. Like, I'll send you something. I'll send you the sticker. I'll send you something else. So... Listen, listen up, listener. Uh, if if you if you do that, let me know, and uh, I'll hook you up. So, so I continued on from there, and I went up to Philadelphia, and Zach at Yards Brewery hooked up a show for me um, at the brewery. It was really cool. I met a lot of great people there. They had a special event. It was a summer run, and the run was so a five k is normally five thousand meters. This one, because the brewery is called Yards. This 5K was 5,000 yards, which is pretty funny. So instead of being 3.1 miles, it was like 2.84 miles. And all of the running clubs in Philadelphia participated in this. Like pretty much every single one of them. Uh, now a buddy of mine, I forget what they're called, but a buddy of mine is in uh, a gay running club. And I've gone river raft, or I've, I've gone tubing and, on the river and gone to some events with, with the gay running club. And I didn't see anybody I knew there from that club. So maybe it wasn't 100% participation for the running clubs, but there were several hundred people there. So it was really cool. I provided the music. I, I set up outside where most of the stuff is going on. People were having food and conversation. I met some really great people. Uh, a couple of them might even be listening right now because we made some connection, connections on social media. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. And then, and then Yards was awesome. They gave me a new collar for Baxter. 
Uh, it's a Yards Brewing collar. He already had one, but they gave me a, a nice new one, and it was. Um, it's got a bottle opener on it, which is really fun. So props to Yards. Uh, they're totally legit. They've got really legit beer. They made a donation to the cause, and um, and gave me the space, and they gave me that collar, and they comped my beers all night. It was just so great. I'm so thankful uh, for Yards. Um, while I was in Philadelphia, I was staying with my friends, the Sarkeesians, and uh, Monique Sarkeesian, the wife, Garibet, her husband, is, uh, they're both my friends, Monique is the one who did the artwork for the Summer of the Cicadas. Uh, she did the artwork completely for free. Now, I ended up buying the artwork off of her, and she gave me a very good price, but, you know, obviously she wasn't going to just do nice artwork and just give it away for free. Her stuff is in galleries and people, she's got regular customers. Like, she is legit doing stuff. Um, you really need to look into her stuff. And I know Sarkeesian is a little difficult to spell, but if you go to summeroftheCicadas.com, I have a whole page about her artwork on there. I do an interview with her, and she explains her thinking, her techniques. If you get into, if you nerd out on art at all, painting, you owe it to yourself to go to summeroftheCicadas.com and look up the artwork and read what she has to say. And, and if you're into artwork and you have a little money and you like to spend it on quality artwork for your home, which I highly recommend everybody should do, any kind of original artwork, I think I am of the belief that every house should have at least one piece of original artwork. I don't care if it's from a kid. You should, you should have original artwork somewhere in your house. Um, or, or at least prints. If you can't afford original artwork, get a print from a real artist. Um, I have a print from some homeless people that, I don't know, all they do, all they do is, uh, besides, you know, simply trying to survive, like their hobby is painting and they use some of the money that they get from panhandling, uh, to do artwork. And then they've got this, I don't know how they sell them off, but I, I bought a print, uh, from these homeless folks. So do something, get some original artwork. Anyway, the Sarkeesians put me up for a few days, and they were super sweet to me. Garibed and I went out for drinks and tacos, and we had we just had a great time. And it's always a, a joy to see them. And they let me stay in their basement, which part of their basement is is an unfinished kind of normal basement area, and the other part of their basement is like a finished sort of den with a television entertainment center. And I pretty much spent each night while I was in Philadelphia. Um, you know, messing around on my laptop, trying to do some work for, for my job, um, and then watching The Walking Dead. Uh, so that, that was good fun. So they also hooked up a, a, a unique show. I don't normally play churches very much anymore. I used to play a lot of churches back in the day with Royal Ruckus. I've never really played Orthodox churches, um, and I'm super not comfortable with my stuff being performed in churches because it's not written for that venue, right? So I go to church myself. I don't think there's anything, you know, anti-Christ or anti-church in my music. I try to honor God with my music. But at the same time, my music is really written for bars and breweries and for your car and for your trip to the beach and when you have your friends over for a party. That's what my music is for. My music is not uh, to bring you into a worship service or something like that. Now, I've written that kind of stuff before, but that's, in general, that's not the thrust of my music. It never has been, really. Um, and it certainly is not now. 
I did dust off a very Christian song of mine, and I love the song. It's very deeply personal. Um, but it's it was released on... It's called He Spread His Arms, and it's about the sacrifice of Christ as it intersects with, uh, with your personal life. And it's not preachy. It's actually very personal. I talk about a lot of things that are deeply personal to me. And uh, it's almost a little embarrassing performing it because of how vulnerable I am in the lyrics. Um, anyway, I've always loved that song, and I put it on, and I realized I still know all the lyrics. I, you know, I had a couple rough spots, but um, goodness, just practicing it a little bit a couple weeks ago was all I needed. And so I did that song, and uh, I think Rhymer's Block, and had a lot of fun. Made some new friends there. Um, a bunch of people bought merch at, at the happy hour, and I, I happy hour, coffee hour, and I think a few people uh, might have actually even kicked in a little extra money. And Father Joel, the the priest there, and uh, my dear friend Anastasia, one of the sweetest human beings on the planet, uh, they both uh, were very helpful and supportive. So from there, I went to Ephrata, Pennsylvania, and Ephrata is in Amish country. And my friends, the Keiths, hooked up a really cool show at the St. Boniface Brewing Company. Now, St. Boniface is closed on Sundays, uh, but they went ahead and let us open um, and uh, op open up for, for the show. And so they had a bunch of people there. I think they donated some of the beer. Um, and so people could make a donation every time they ordered a beer. Now, my beer was free the whole night, which is always nice. Um, and at that show, goodness, I think we must have raised over $400, or, or close to 400 in donations, and then quite a bit in merch, uh, and again, with 50% of that going, 50% of the proceeds going to IOCC. Uh, now, that was fun. I got a little more talkative at that show uh, than I normally do, and I mean, that's kind of the, the, that was the nature of the evacuation tour anyway. I was wanting to be informal, small crowds, people I get to know and talk with, now, they made this a potluck, so a bunch of people brought food. I was so busy, I didn't actually eat any food until after the show. Um, and then a, uh, a guy I know named Ron John, shout out to Ron John. Uh, he's a rapper from, I think, Michigan or Minnesota, but he actually lives in Akron, Pennsylvania. And I didn't realize that, and he was on the Extreme Tour, and then he left the Extreme Tour, and I took his place. So we barely missed meeting each other on the Extreme Tour. I think we might have met in Nashville back in May at the Extreme Tour's Objective Conference. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ron John came out. He spit some verses. Really dope. Um, he's a little younger and and kind of wide-eyed and fresh in the game. And uh, He hasn't been rapping all that long, but he's really talented. And he picked my brain after the show for a little bit, which was really cool. Um, you know, I, I don't try to be like a guru. I mean, I'm not freaking Rolling Stones. It's not like I've been super active, but I do have a lot of experiences. And for, you know, an up and coming young cat to ask me, I'm happy to share my experiences, both positive and negative. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes. There's a reason why you haven't heard a lot from Royal Ruckus in a while. And that was a mistake. You know, I should have I should have kept going. I should have kept going after my dream and what I was trying to do. Instead, um, you know, I let some things go uh, prematurely. Uh, but anyway, had had a great time with Ron John. Uh, Garibed came out for that show. The Keiths were there. Uh, my friend Robin Addicts came out. Shout out to Robin. Um, met a lot of really cool people. 
just just a really great time. Oh yeah, and there, there was a band there named uh, Kairos, and they they played and they did a jam session. And it was just spectacular. It was just really really good. So I had a great time there. I stayed at the Keith's house. I ended up staying with them two nights uh, because I wanted to go see my friend Father Andrew Stephen Damick, who is up in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, and which is about an hour hour and twenty minutes from uh, from Ephrata. So I took advantage of being close. I went and spent the day with him. We went out for Greek food. Uh, we went and had some ciders back at his house. Just kicked it and talked. And I wasn't feeling real well. I think I had a little bit too much beer at the, at the show the night before. And um, I think I was already a little hungover at that show from from the night before that. And, uh, you know, with Father Andrew, uh, you know, it was a nice, calm kind of recovery day. Um, I... I I took that day off, and and I should mention pretty much every day I was doing something for work. Um, so I was getting on my laptop every day. I was making phone calls. So like, I must have called 15 or more of my clients and had five or 10 minute conversations with them, asking them how they're doing, uh, getting advice from them. Like it was a really cool, really cool time. Really cool time of growth and, and learning. So, thank you for bearing with me this long. Um, I'm almost done with the story, but actually the story is going to get real good here in a minute. So, I went from there um, all the way out to... Oh, I should also say we went to Trivia with the Keiths. So, my second night there, we played Trivia. We were doing really well, but in the end, we ended with zero. But that's fine, because we went all in on, on the final... Uh, Final Jeopardy or whatever you want to say. The trivia dude was super cool. That guy had actually been out at the show the night before. And if you're following me on Instagram, following Royal Ruckus on Instagram, he's the guy that gives a one-minute discussion of cicadas and making a kite out of cicadas. So that guy was really interesting. Total, total fun. Total nerd. Like, in the best possible way. Um, I love it. So from there, I went to Monongahela. I, I'm maybe not pronouncing it exactly right. Uh, and my friends, the Provons and Bros, were out there, and the Provons own a print shop and a coffee shop. Monongahela is just south of Pittsburgh, where Mr. Rogers lives, and that's going to be important in a minute. They put on a show at a coffee shop, and now I've known the Bros for a while. I know them through the internet uh, originally, but I've been a house guest of the Provons. Uh, Tobias is married. To Tobias Provon is married to Joanna Bro, who's now Joanna Provon. So, anyway, so these these are uh, intertwined families, right? So, I follow several of the bros on various social media platforms and uh, had a blast with Angelica um, and and Tobias and Joanna and just everybody was great. Uh, got to meet Genevieve, who's getting married. Congratulations, God grant you many years, Genevieve. Uh, these are just people that I've known mostly through the internet, but had a little bit of FaceTime with them in the past. And they put me up with my dogs, and they put on a really cool show. Uh, there were maybe only 10 or 12 people at the show, but I'll tell you what, it was one of the best shows of, of, the, um, of the tour. I did most of the show sitting down in a bar stool, and I took... I did a Q&A between, sometimes the Q&A was me asking the audience questions, like about their favorite rapper, sometimes they were asking me questions, but it actually, I really felt like a, 
I bonded with all those people. And gosh, that night, I think there were over $300 in donations and um, probably another couple hundred dollars in merch. I mean, it was just an incredible outpouring and everybody was so supportive. Most everybody walked out with a CD or a t-shirt or some beard oil, something like that. Which, by the way, all that is available at my merch page. Just go to summerofthecicadas.com and click on merch. Uh, or you can go to the Bandcamp page, royalruckus.bandcamp.com slash merch. Uh, but it was just super cool. And I just had the best time hanging out with everybody. And then um, Angelica Bro, her sister Joanna, and Joanna's husband, Tobias Provon, we went upstairs. Uh, up to their house we had dinner together and then I came back down I walked the dogs and uh, slept on the couch in the coffee shop which was kind of cool uh, I've never slept in a coffee shop before and and then the the next morning I got up and um, Angelica opened at the coffee shop and she was making coffee she made me a smoothie she made me some coffee we chatted for a couple hours while I worked, and um, I had some things to do for Omega, so I sat there and I just cranked out several hours worth of work before leaving. Now, part of what I was waiting for, for, for one thing, I like to get my work done, if possible, during normal 9 to 5 business hours, because as a sales and marketing guy, if I need to talk to my clients, I need to do it when they're on the clock. I can work 24 hours a day if I need to, but... When it comes to customer service, I need to be available during those times. So I tried to get as much work done as I could. Plus, I was waiting. Uh, my buddy, um, Stephen Maynard, shout out to Stephen. He's one of the admins of an Orthodox Facebook group with me and has been for several years. He thought he was going to be able to hook up a show for me in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is another two hours north. Uh, he didn't end up being able to pull that off. And I was kind of relieved because... I really needed to get back to Florida. My power was back on. Uh, my boss was antsy about me getting back in Florida so we can make sure we have proper customer service and all that stuff. So um, so I was kind of relieved when he wasn't able to do that. So I started heading south. I went to West Virginia, saw my friend Father Matthew Moore. Shout out to Whiskerino. I know Father Matthew from Whiskerino, which was a four-month beard growing contest a few years back. If you've ever seen the Skull Beard, on my right bicep, on the inside of my right bicep, that is a Whiskerino image. Um, so if you ever meet me in person, I haven't seen that, ask me and I'll, I'll show you. It's a dang cool tattoo. Um, and then and then from there, I went and uh, met up with my friends, the Craigs. I had actually, I left this out, but I actually had dinner with them um, on the way up. But they live in uh, South Carolina right near the the uh, state line with North Carolina. And when I spent the night with them and uh, just really enjoyed my time with them, we watched Ben-Hur. Highly recommend that movie. Uh, we watched the new version. It's freaking cool. And and then from, from there, um, I went to Jacksonville, actually Amelia Island, where I got to see my friends uh, Daniel and Jenny Larkin and, you know, have a couple beers with Daniel. We drank the... Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest, this year's version, and then I had an IPA, but I, I don't recall exactly which IPA it was. Speaking of, right now I'm actually drinking the Bold City Mad Manatee IPA, which is also from Jacksonville. Take a sip of that. It's a delicious IPA, if you can get your hands on it, I highly recommend it. 
Um, and, and then this morning, and I, I went and got a hotel, and um, and that was cool. And actually, the girl was really sweet. She was going to charge me about 170 bucks for my room with pet deposit and everything. And I asked her to have mercy on me, and I explained the evacuation tour thing. And she knocked my fee down to like 97 bucks. And she gave me a drink coupon and a coupon for a free appetizer, which was pretty awesome. So shout out to the Days In front desk girl in, a, in Fernandina Beach. So uh, then I went ahead and, and headed in today. And um, I got home and I did all the things that I, I told you about um, earlier. But So if you have stuck around this long, I thank you. Uh, because I have a story I'd like to tell you, but I'm going to go take a shot of vodka. I'll be back. Pull out the matchbook, then grab the gas can. Change your outlook, this is your last stand. Rearrange your thing to save the slight of hand. Like the homie man child Don't care if I'm revived Blessed be the one in exile Call me at the nation Since me against the world Not hitting that temptation And I'm coming to pearl Was whining about a girl Now I'm just walking away There is a silver line And I'm sure we'll see the day Are you Yoko Ono? Cause you broke up the band Got me drinking like a hobo Eating fish out of a can So I trust you'll understand When I light up the whole area Pushing for purity Like beer in Bavaria I've made some poor choices And I'm burning them all up can't let that mess define me someplace more like a tune-up Confess it got divine peace, sort of a clean-up Burn the whole thing down before a big build-up Pull out the matchbook and grab the gas can Change your outlook, this is your last stand Rearrange your things, this ain't no sleight of hand Burn it to the ground, it's next on the plan Pull out the matchbook and grab the gas can Change your outlook, this is your last stand Rearrange your things, this ain't no sleight of hand Look, and all the feelings that I never let shove They told me move on to write a new song And burn it down, but it's hard to let go Living in these memories on a loop, playing every day Everything that happened was probably my fault anyway The mirror's full of fingers pointing all that I felt But give and forget, the problem is forgiving yourself Scrolling through the pictures on my phone like a prison The trash can begging to eat them and start living My pride is in control and I've been playing it cool Plus every time I pull my light out it ran out of fuel Pull out the matchbook and grab the gas can Change your outlook, this is your last stand Rearrange your things, this ain't no sleight of hand Burn it to the ground, it's next on the plan Pull out the matchbook and grab the gas can Change your outlook, this is your last stand Rearrange your things, this ain't no sleight of hand From an awesomeness, feel the heat as we start to bust, leading the fleet like optimists. Prime time, like misogynists on BET. We 
three MCs who see between the lines with enemies on both sides. So let the fire shine brightly, burning down the town. And if I get a little charge, let me come back more resourceful like an evolved Charizard. Ashes to ashes with batches of bad matches of flashes. Fantastic like burning battery acid. Spectacular magic can happen when you burn the bad that's trapped in. I ain't talking about rapping, talking supernatural action when we burn it down. Joey the Jerk on the microphone, killing MCs like I've been doing for the last 375 The match book, then grab the gas can. Change your outlook, this is your last stand. Rearrange your things, a single sleight of hand. Burn it to the ground, it's next on the plan. Pull out the match book, then grab the gas can. Change your outlook, this is your last stand. Rearrange your things, a single sleight of hand. Burn it to the ground, it's next on the plan. Welcome back to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. You're listening to a special episode where we are talking about Hurricane Irma and the evacuation tour and all the people that put me up and were awesome to me. The song I just played for you was Jacked Up on These Girls. And the reason I played that for you is I performed that song at several of the concerts. I really enjoy that song. The beat is by Crumb, also be, used to be known as Play-Doh. It's a fun song. It's about misadventures and dating. Sometimes I'm a little uncomfortable playing it, especially if I'm in front of like a predominantly Christian crowd or like, yeah, I mean, like when I played at Little City Coffee in Monongahela, you know, there's mostly Christian people in there, most of them married. Um, only one person besides myself in there admitted to um, admitted to online dating. And speaking of, that was oh, she probably doesn't want me to say this on. on. <laughs> so an unrelated person, I do need to give a shout out to Mara Henderson. Uh, Mara is going to be on an upcoming episode of Bruised Beards and Shipwrecks, and I had a delightful conversation with her in Harrisburg recently, um, but haven't had a chance to run that episode, so that will be coming. Um, but actually, Mara is one of the reasons why I wanted to play Jacked Up on These Girls, because one of the things I really like when I perform, especially in an intimate setting where I can see people's faces and not just simply their outline, because, uh, you know, I've got the lights in my eyes, is I can see their reaction. And Mara is a very sharp girl and followed my lyrics very closely. And every time I'd have a punchline, she would just get the biggest grin. And I loved that instantaneous feedback, and I loved being able to see that in the eyes of uh, eyes and, and mouths of several people um, during that show was people connecting with my humor. And so, anyway, props to Mara for getting my jokes and appreciating uh, my antics and jacked up on these girls. Shout out to Father Heath McClure. Um, when I was evacuating... There were a lot of people evacuating Florida, and if you have never experienced something like that, it's hard for you to appreciate and understand, as I was not able to appreciate or understand until experiencing it myself. Number one, there's a frenzy. Tons of cars out there, and just by adding more cars to the road, especially with idiots mixed in, you end up with a slow ride. Um, It just congests everything and slows everybody down. On top of this, Florida is a dang long state. I live in South Florida. So I had to drive all the way out of the Florida Peninsula, which means that 
I have to gas up at some point. Lines, there was a gas shortage already. Uh, lines, you could, you could spend 25, 30 minutes in line waiting to pump your, your gas. People were obnoxious. Um, they, they, had, they had a guy out at one place where I gassed up, uh, literally directing traffic. And someone snuck, snuck around and took my spot. And then other people were just sitting there, not even pumping their gas, just taking their dear sweet time, not realizing that they need to get out of the way if they're going to go buy their freaking corn nuts inside. They need to pump their gas and get the hell out of the way. No, those people are not doing it. And it was just, it just was crazy how selfish so many people were. And this was taking a toll on me. And as I'm going along, I, I'm, you know, periodically checking my phone, texting with friends. You know, all of my closest friends stayed in Florida except for one, I believe. I think it was only one evacuated. Everyone else stayed in Florida, and I was very worried about these people. And, you know, I'm hearing updates from them. I have hurricane apps on my phone that are giving me push notifications, warnings for tornadoes, all kinds of stuff popping up. And then I see the breaking news at 5 p.m. on this particular day. Landfall in Florida is inevitable. That's when I got emotional. Mike Walker, Flatline from Royal Ruckus, he texted me and he said something along the lines of, you know, I don't say it enough, but if we don't ever get to speak again, I love you. And I want you to know I appreciate you. And he didn't know I was evacuating, really. And um, so I, I, sent, I sent him the plan for the evacuation tour and he laughed and was like, I should have known you'd come up with something. But that got me thinking, and I thought, I have left friends behind in Florida. In fact, one person was supposed to come with me, and at the last minute, literally decided at the last minute she was going to stay. I even offered to wait a couple more hours if she needed more time, and she said, no, please go. So I was very upset for, for my friends and wor worried for my friends. And then the traffic was starting to weigh on me, and Waze was taking me... Waze is amazing. Uh, props to Waze. Waze is taking me off the highway and then taking me on all these back roads and then pushing me back on the highway. So I was actually able to drive at a decent time and it was saving me a lot of time rather than just sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. But still, over the course of two days, what should have taken me 10 hours had taken me 18. And I still had 170 miles to go in bumper to bumper traffic. And Waze would update itself every 20-30 minutes and change the arrival time and it kept getting later and later and later and later and I was getting really frustrated and then at one point Waze was telling me to get off an exit in order to get back on and this is a trick that Waze does sometimes in bumper to bumper traffic to cut in front of a bunch of cars it's kind of messed up so uh, but thankfully not everybody uses Waze so <laughs> and it's perfectly legal anyway as I'm as I'm getting off um, I saw a Taco Bell and I thought, gosh, you know, I haven't eaten in a while. I think, I think I'm going to get a taco. Oh, I left out something. Let me back up a little bit. So I got a phone call from my friend Father Heath McClure. And Father Heath is a very warm and kind man. He's one of my best friends. Uh, I lived next door to him for several years. Uh, he named one of his kids after an ex of mine. Um, he's just like, just our lives are intertwined. And... Uh, I, I just love him and his wife and their kids so much. And we talked, and we just he just lifted my spirit at a time when I was not feeling good. Uh, 
And one of the things we talked about was Mr. Rogers, you know, the Fred Rogers from from the kids show. Uh, Father Heath is a huge Mr. Rogers fan, and consequently, I am too. And I, you know, I always loved Mr. Rogers as a kid, but Heath reawakened me uh, to an interest in Mr. Rogers. And in fact, uh, there's a Mr. Rogers clip on our album at the end of. Uh, these things remind on the second disc. There's a Mr. Rogers clip that I think is just precious and beautiful. Well, one of the things that Mr. Rogers loved was that he weighed 143 pounds for more than three decades of his life. Mr. Rogers understood that 143, and this is text talk as well, but the, it was it had this meaning before it was text talk. 143 means I love you. And that comes from the letters I, one letter, love, four letters, you, three letters. And he got the biggest kick every single day out of getting off that scale and seeing that it was one, four, three. He saw his life as a life of love and pouring himself into others. And he loved that that serendipitous thing of his weight signified love. One of the things Mr. Rogers uh, once said, and this is from a book called I'm Proud of You by Tim Madigan. I highly recommend this book. Father Heath has probably given out a hundred copies of that thing to people. And he gave one to me, and I have since given it out. Um, um, Mr. Rogers said, The older I get, the more I am convinced that there is a loving mystery at the heart of the universe longing to be expressed. So when I got off the phone with Heath, I was meditating on these things. I was meditating on that loving mystery. And I, and I was amused at the prospect of being able to go through Pittsburgh to, to where Mr. Rogers lived. Uh, that I was going to be able to play near Pittsburgh in Mr. Rogers' area, you know, in his neighborhood, right? And uh, that was on my mind. And when I got off that exit and I saw the Taco Bell, I thought, maybe I'm going to get a taco. And then as I turned, I saw that, and this was in South Carolina, I saw the lines of cars for miles. The coastal region of South Carolina was evacuating too. And I thought maybe I need a hotel tonight because that 170 miles was going to be hell. So I pulled into a hotel. I walk up to the front door. There's a no pets allowed sign. Well, I've got two beagles and a chihuahua pug. That was not going to fly. So I go across the street to the Hampton Inn because I love their beds. Um, shout out to Johnny Simmons uh, for turning me on to those beds. He said that uh, that's his favorite hotel to stay in. And uh, one time he told me on Twitter I should, I should stay there. And uh, he's right. Those beds are incredible. Uh, as I'm trying to go across the street, people are trying not to let me in. Like I'm going to cross the street and cut them off and keep them from their destination. Like, guys, we're all in this together. What the freak? Like, why are you why are you being hard asses like this? What what's going on? So I, I get across and um, I go in and they say no vacancy. So I go outside and I start calling phone numbers of all the hotel signs I could see on the road. And no vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy. So I just go to Taco Bell. I walk in, one of the bathrooms is out of order. The other bathroom has a line to the door. Oh, I forgot to mention that the the, uh, the drive-through line almost wrapped around the whole building. And then 
There were a ton of people waiting for their food, and the poor people back there making the food looked flustered and frustrated. They were having trouble keeping up. They were stressed out. The girl taking my order couldn't get anything right. She didn't even like know what the $1 nachos were. Like Everybody was just frustrated. Uh, they were handing out service coupons. I didn't even know Taco Bell did that. They were handing out service recovery coupons from messing up people's orders. And I just wanted to cry. I just wanted to freaking cry at that whole thing. It was just... I just felt so bad for everybody. And as I walked out of Taco Bell, I saw a red roof in sign two doors down. Now, I didn't see this sign before because the red roof in sign for some reason was low and the building had blocked it from my view. But as I was going out to my car, I saw it. So I put the food in the car out of the reach of the dogs and I walked down there and this is like 10 o'clock at night, maybe nine. Um, and I get in line and I hear the woman at the at, uh, in front of me talking with the guy and he said he only had one room left. For whatever reason, she decided not to take that room. And she walked out. And as soon as that door shut, I looked at him and said, I want that room right now. Please. And he said, okay. And gosh, it must have been 1978 because they pulled out paperwork for me to fill out. <laughs> and I'm signing things. I'm writing out my address, all this stuff. Well, as I'm filling it out, they're getting phone calls left and right. And they're telling people, I'm sorry, we don't have any vacancy. Well, remember Mr. Rogers? Remember that loving mystery at the heart of the universe longing to be expressed? And remember 143 means I love you? I kid you not. He handed me my room number, one of those swipe cards, and it had a sticker on there with the handwritten number 143. And my eyes welled up with tears. And I felt like I got a glimpse into that loving mystery at the heart of the universe. And I felt like the message was it's gonna be okay. And I know that there were people left in harm's way, so I'm not trying to get all mystical with this and say that God somehow saved a room for me. But I do know that I needed that encouragement at that time. And I do know that my goal in evacuating and doing the tour was to share that loving mystery, to meet people where they are, know them for who they are, and love them for who they are, and share some fun songs and some sad songs and share an experience with them and also encourage them to participate in that loving mystery at the heart of the universe by giving back to victims of the disaster, by doing what they could from thousands of miles away or a thousand miles away to pull out 50 bucks or 20 bucks and pass it down to someone they would never meet in the Florida Peninsula or in Texas. And I felt like God or the universe or the whole thing were saying, it's gonna be okay. Just trust, just press on and do something good with this. I kept that key. I didn't ask permission, I kept it. It's still, still in my pocket. And the 143 sticker is going to wear off. 
And I'll, and knowing me, I will lose that key eventually. But until that day, I'm going to carry that key in my pocket. And I'm going to carry it as a tangible reminder of that loving mystery at the heart of the universe. And I want to participate in that loving mystery to my friends, my relatives, my neighbors, and even my enemies. So that is why I offer the special edition to you guys today. If you made it this far, high five. I appreciate you listening in. I'm going to close out the podcast with a song I haven't played yet that that I did with my friend uh, David Matthews. David is in the Atlanta area. He's a wonderful man. Uh, he's actually got an album out. I don't remember what the album is called, but Matthews is M-A-T-H-E-W-E-S. This is not Dave Matthews. This is David Matthews, and the Matthews is spelled differently. Uh, the song is called More of the Same. He's got a version of the song on his own album, and he has a version of the song with me. Mine released first, but his version was written first. Uh, as we were looking to collaborate, I loved, I had loved that song so much, he offered it to me uh, to do a rap version of, of the song, and that he would put the regular version on his own album. And I was honored, and it really is sort of the crown jewel of the whole project, the Summer of the Cicadas, and there's a lot of brokenness in the Summer of the, of the Cicadas. And that final song is an acceptance of life's brokenness and a reflection on the mundane as well and finding the significance in the brokenness, in the mundane, in the ordinary, and loving it. Thank you for listening. You can catch me at Royal Ruckus or at Royal Ruckus Official on the various places on Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Twitter, all the things. If it's not one, it's the other. Definitely check out SummerOfTheCicadas.com. I'm cooking up some new music for you. About to drop a music video. I'll probably drop the music video the same week that this airs. And uh, shout out to Jeb Wilson from Nashville Photography Group and the Jeb Wilson at the Jeb Wilson. I don't know. Anyway, Jeb, Jeb did a music video uh, with my friend Savannah Edwards. She was the waitress in the Waitress Song video, and she returns as the object of my broken heart and affections. Hit me up. If you, if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever else you are listening to this podcast. It helps others to find it helps it move up in the search rankings and so forth. And really, I, I think we're offering something valuable here in these episodes, and I want people to hear them. Do what you can to be part of that loving mystery at the heart of the universe. Here is more of the same by Royal Ruckus from the Summer of the Cicadas, Double L. more the same only brings more the same
But it's good, even when not living the way we should. Put that axe to wood, like Sabonifus. Cut Thor's oak at the base. Superfluous, ridiculous. The things I miss. Distracted from delight, cause I miss some kiss. What is this? It's not what I planned. Wouldn't trade my life for 500 grand. Grateful to think that there is no shame. Just simply ask the Lord for more of the same. Gave her a buzz That mournful retention of what was great It's that peaceful forgiveness that once was hate It's embracing ordinary days, ways of life It's facing challenges, taking it in stride It's knowing you were wrong but not making a claim It's embracing grace and asking for the same Yeah.